where I grew up, it was it's a small town. You know, it's like there was we had one McDonald's. Mm-hmm. We had one. Uh, they just got a Dunkin Donuts. Like it's 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 getting up there now. Congratulations was, to them. Thank you. So it's Big a news. very artsy like uh in, instead of fast food chains we had like glass blowing shops we had galleries but like not even like big ornate ones just like houses that got turned into galleries um uh-huh. and geckos are the biggest thing about this town like every year there is a gecko festival um like just celebrating these lizards okay um, and every it's like the trademark thing about this town is being weird and just absolutely buck wild weird just be yourself which probably says a lot about who i am today and i'm very proud of that and so that was where i grew up i ended up moving about 15 minutes east of that town uh which is basically the same thing but we have a mcdonald's a taco bell a uh Wendy's like there's been an upgrade mm-hmm, and there's mm-hmm, more mm-hmm. fast food and there's a little more corporate but it's still very like small business very uh, uh what's the word I'm looking for well so the, the, the words you might be looking for is great town to have a first Pokemon gym in but I want to back up <laughs> so your hometown uh what you've described there with the like four houses and a McDonald's that is perfect classic starter Pokemon game town uh pallet town in Kanto literally four houses one of them is the Pokemon lab no three houses your house your rival's house the Pokemon lab uh it, it goes that way through a lot of the games so that's perfect you know it, it's your house it's your rival's house I you must have had a childhood friend who's the rival great uh the mcdonald's is obviously the pokemon lab where the pokemon professor of uh roma's state redacted here uh operates and then you said it's really into salamanders or or, or lizards so that first route there's a little pokemon named salandit it's a poison and fire type those motherfuckers are all over the place uh Mm -hmm. uh what is it called there's another one called helioptile that is a little uh electric monitor lizard that does electric stuff, those are crawling all over the place on the road from that town to where you live now, where I can only imagine nestled in between the Taco Bell Pokemart and the McDonald's <laughs> Pokemon Center is the, I think you said Wendy's first gym of the game. <laughs> Which, uh, judging by by the prevalence of fast food you've, you, we, we've highlighted here so far, that first gym's gotta be poison type. <laughs> Roma, what do you know about Pokemon? <laughs> um, as you can tell from our last interaction on Champs in the Making, not is not enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. Roma, can I can I tell you about the brain processes that I just went through in order to do that and why I think those brain processes are really special and why Pokemon <laughs> is really special for making me have them? Absolutely. <laughs> Awesome. Like, can, can, can we do that in like some kind of uh, 30 to 45 minute interval? Would that be an idea of some kind? I got the timer. Let's go. Sick. <laughs> Pokemon is nothing more than advanced rock, paper, scissors. These donuts are great! Jelly filled are my favorite! Nothing beats a jelly filled donut! Who's that Pokemon? It's Pikachu! It's Blueberry! Fuck!
and welcome to the hyperfixation where my friends come onto my show and tell me about things that they're excited about within 30 to 45 minutes so I can acquire an approximate knowledge of many things. Uh, my name is Roma. I use the they them pronouns and I am joined today by Jay. Hi, uh, I'm Jay. My use he and they pronouns. Uh, you may know me from the Moonshot Podcast Network from uh Sometimes I host Champs in the Making, sometimes I've been on Interstitial, sometimes I'm just around being loud whatever, wherever it is needed for me to be loud. Absolutely. And as the Moonshot Network, also thank you guys for bringing me onto the network. Like, I'm freaking honored to be here. Happy, happy to have you. Yeah, like, like it, it's it's been really cool to see this show grow uh, since since you came to us with sort of the pitch. And it's 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 humbling and exciting to be to be on it and to know other friends of ours who've been on it. It, it. it is. I am very happy to be here with you. Yay. So you and I have recorded in the past in case our listeners don't listen to Champs in the Making. Uh, I was on episodes, episodes, episode 62 and 63 <laughs> with you on that show. Uh, and Champs in the Making, in case, again, the listeners don't know, is a Pokemon ranking podcast. Is that the good way to describe it? <laughs> Bra- bracket podcast is the phrase we use. But either way, it is we took every Pokemon they made. Uh, we put them all in a tournament bracket and we have gradually on the now Moonshot Patreon been ga- and on the public feed later have been going through with whatever assemblage of podcasters wants to be on a given episode and getting through it all. We've been doing it for about two years and we are in the middle of round two. Fight. For some reason, when I hear round two, I hear fight at the end of it. Fight. In my brain. Yeah. Fight. Um, but yes. So you, you, you and I's history began with Pokemon, you could say, and it, That's it continues in the present uh, from my understanding. Mm hmm. It, Roma, Roma, you could really say that my life's history begins with Pokemon, because of course, like everyone, I was born at the age of four. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, uh, Pokemon, like when I mean, before we even really start talked about me being on the show, I knew, all right, if I'm ever on the show, I will obviously talk about Pokemon in some way, uh, shape or form, because it's just you know, like I, I didn't even know the word hyperfixation meant for many years, and I had a hyperfixation for Pokemon. I've had one pretty much my entire life. Um, going back to when I was four years old, I think this is obviously being four or five or something. It's you don't have the strongest sense of linear time in history, but um I have two memories of getting into Pokemon. One is I, I had some cousins who were all like a little bit older than me, who I like I saw a lot. They were kind of like older siblings. And one year I was there for Christmas when I was four. We went there for Christmas to, to see them in another state. And the three of them all got Game Boy Colors. And in my head, one of them got a copy of Pokemon Red, one got blue and one got yellow. I might be wrong on, on the details there, but I know all three of them got Pokemon for Christmas. And of oh. course, it was my cool my cool older cousins playing Pokemon. And I was like, I must get into this. Um, and then I, I think not long after that, back home, I turned on, I was on the TV and I happened to switch to uh, the Island of Giant Pokemon episode of OG Pokemon. Which, hey, which if you haven't seen it, is an episode where uh, a bunch of Pokemon are trapped on a fucked up theme park island that has a bunch of giant animatronic Pokemon just running around. And uh, I was pretty instantly hooked. I'm going to see if I can like find a good a good image. I don't know if I can find like 
Oh, you're looking that up. I, I know you. this is a podcast, so you and the listeners can't see my face, but I'm just sitting, my mouth is open, just like, they did Five Nights at Freddy's before Five Nights at Freddy's? Like, <laughs> what? I mean, kind of, kind of, yeah, yeah, that makes me like it less. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, no, sh- no shade to Five Nights. Um, If I, if I share a, an image, should I just do that in the Craig channel or somewhere else? Oh, send it into the uh, Pokemon tab in the, oh, in sure. the Hyperfix, so then when listeners are listening, they can see. Cool, because I do, I do have various visual aids for this episode. Perfect. <laughs> um, oh there's, there's just a shot of, that's like at the <laughs> end where like a bunch of giant Pokemon are like collapsing and they're running away from it. Um... But yeah, so Pokemon was the thing for me from when I was really, really uh, little. Like, it would be another four years before I got a Game Boy Advance at that point and a copy of Pokemon Sapphire and started actually playing the games. But but so I, I, I really, like, when I think back on it, Pokemon has led me to, like, the majority of the artistic pursuits I've pursued in my life either led me to them or like enhanced them in some way or, you know, added to them in some way. Uh, it's led to, you know, me making the, a lot of the friends I have today, whether directly or indirectly, it kind of w- led me to have the job I have, like the career I've had for the last few years. It hey, led yo. me to podcasting and led me to a million things, but like, I I could hone in on any of that, but what I really want to hone in on talking to you today is like Pokemon is a hyperfixation. And this isn't even just talking about me. This is talking about like artists I know, podcasters I know, like writers I know, like people in so many contexts who I have known for a long time and whose stories I have seen kind of start with Pokemon as like an inspiration factor very early on that just really stuck. You've listened to to the previous episodes and I'm not I don't know how if you've listened to all of them or just a handful of them, but it's one of the incredible things about this show is listening to your excitement, especially from when you were four years old to now about Pokemon. Um, I remember having a very similar experience, like all my my cousins were super into Pokemon. They were super into uh, other PlayStation 2 games like, oh, why is this escaping me? What's it's called? The one where you push the ball around. Katamari uh, Damacy. Katamari, it just, yeah. Yeah, just stuff like that. Like, I remember being interested in it, but a combination of, uh, you know, yeah, my cousins were into it, but my friends at home weren't, or my family couldn't afford to get me, like, the games to play, you know? So I didn't really have access to these things. And so now as a mm-hmm. 26-year-old adult with a podcast, it's like, now I get to just <laughs> suck up all this information immediately. And But even as, aside from the specific media that is Pokemon, I have been adjacent to the uh like like you're saying that the surrounding i don't want to call it aftermath but like the the art the the communities that it puts you in the opportunities it gets you uh financially in uh yeah what's the word i'm looking for like self the 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 paths it can kind of send you yes. down right like, yes um and like you what you just said there like you know, I'll, I'll say it again. There were four years between this and me actually being able to play the games. And that's that's an important part of it is like not everyone, you know, knew Pokemon first from the video games. Some just watched the show for a long time. I remember at my library, they had a bunch of old Pokemon comics that excuse me, that I would take out constantly. I uh, I drew a lot as a kid and I have memories of like having a Pokemon book and my mom got me tracing paper and I would trace over. Aww the art of like Caterpie and whoever oh, else. That's so cute. And that's, that's, 
And well, and that's that's how you get your like that's part of getting your start down stuff that then you know takes you in in a whole lot of directions. Um mm-hmm. so like I, I I guess I guess I have all these notes in front of me about Pokemon, even so it's it's difficult to like figure out where to start. But um the the reason the reason I wanted to like talk about Pokemon in this way is that when I look back on my own, like my own stuff and a lot of other people's stuff, even more than mine, po- Pokemon offers this world for kids and adults and people who just want to make stuff, especially in like a fan fiction-y context, um, which is what we all tend to do, especially when we are kids and really into something. Pokemon offers you a really cool blank canvas with a world that like offers a lot of different types of people that could live in it if that makes sense like Mm -hmm. um you know like in the pokemon games the anime you've got pokemon trainers who are obviously like the people you follow through all the games but you've also got you know like maybe there'll be an episode of the show where i don't know ash meets a chef who has an an apom which is a monkey pokemon with a tail a hand for a tail who helps him cook or something or like uh i remember seeing uh on tumblr years ago someone actually did some really good art of like ways in which pokemon could like help like be aids to people with physical disabilities and stuff like that that's Uh, cool like and just even in even in the games they they don't start out as much this way but something i like about some of the newer games is so you know the pokemon video games you are a trainer going off on a journey to become the best uh you fight gym leaders in most of the games who occupy pokemon gyms and will you know be sort of the big boss fights through the game uh as the series goes on they start really fleshing out what those gym leaders lives are like outside the gyms uh black and white on the ds do this really well where like one of the gym leaders uh lenora her gym is a museum she's a museum curator and her gym is just in is just like the archives in the bottom of the museum um oh same same game uh the bug type guy his gym is an art gallery he's an artist he's a painter and so like his gym is his art gallery it's full of his paintings on the walls all over the place um just just stuff like that where it's it's and, 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 you know, then you meet NPCs who have all these different lives from people who just this guy just runs a Pokemon ranch. You know, this guy uh-huh. uh, uses like is is a technician who works on different types of like Pokeballs or whatever. It It's just very easy to imagine being one of a million different types of people in the Pokemon world. And I think that's kind of where it starts for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um Another part of it, and I mean, this is definitely what like gets you when you're first getting into the games like this is what either hooks you or doesn't is like Pokemon fundamentally is about you are given one of three animals and kicked out into a world full of other animals and are told, hey, if you can catch that thing, that animal, it's yours. You can train it to fight however you want. (laughs) You can have any kind of team of animals you want. You can strategize however you want, like it's it's funny people talk like pokemon has definitely been one of those series that over the couple decades it's been around has had a lot of people who complain about newer games being easier than older games whatever and a lot of that comes down to uh unfortunately we grew up and stuff that was hard to me when i was eight is not hard to me at 27 when i'm an adult who understands the game more and also like has the internet at my disposal and you know everything else that's that's a solid point. I never really considered that perspective. I thought they were just making it slightly more accessible. I didn't consider the fact that well, I had gotten smarter. <laughs> <laughs> I never even dreamed of such a thing. Um, it, it, is, 
it is also the accessible. Like there is some of that too. It, it's really a meeting in the middle. But like, you know, another, like like what I was gonna say about that though is like complain all you want about ways in which the games have changed, but it is an extremely open series. Like Pokemon is not the the new games coming out this fall might be apparently open world video games, but like the other ones aren't open world, but they are extremely open in terms of how you play them. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's really attractive to people. I think for kids, especially, that is a really great entry point into like increasingly open video games. Like that is a level of choice that is still dictated by, you know, the first area of the game. You're not going to find a 20 foot dragon that bites your head off. But the last cave before the end of the game, you might find that like it's Mm -hmm. still it's still metered out by what's placed where. But there's just something very free and open about that. And so I think it's very easy for for people to be like, okay, I'm an artist. I'm going to draw a Pokemon trainer, an OC. I'm going to what what what's my favorite Pokemon or what's a Pokemon that it seems like they would have. It's just there are so many. It's just like kind of an infinite combinations thing where it, it just it's so easy to come up with stuff. If you have that kind of basic inspiration, uh, the first question of which for so many people is what's you know when you're a kid this is the way you think about these things what's my pokemon guy who is who is who is me in the pokemon world or or the whatever yeah it's like if i was a gym trainer what would i be like what what type would i sure. be sure exactly yeah yeah and and that's like those questions are really fun to answer right cuz like over 20 years of those games, you've had a lot of different answers for those things in the games. And like, absolutely, you start thinking it's the same as like, you know, you play a lot of Legend of Zelda games. You start thinking, what what Zelda dungeon would I design? You play a lot of Mario games. You get Mario Maker and you're able to build levels you like sketched on a notebook in school growing up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I drew my guy. Uh, I cannot find the earliest possible art of Kai Red Sash, which is the name of my my original Pokemon trainer OC I first drew when I was like eight years old. Oh my uh, gosh. I am going to drop this in the Pokemon channel. This is an old image from my DeviantArt drawn in just pencil. That's Kai. Oh, oh DeviantArt. <laughs> what a name I missed. Hanging out in the Hoenn region with an Absol. There's a Tropius flying behind him. Um, So like... What what really happens is, you know, like you're able to sort of. Here's where the gateway really comes in. I'm also going to I'm also going to share. Here's uh, Kai after I got a tablet that I got when I was 15, a little bit better, a little bit of uh, improvement over the years. Um, Mm -hmm. But so like so like Kai was a character who I came up with when I was eight. And like you said, just like, yeah, who would my guy be? Okay, uh, I'll let you know. Earlier versions of this guy wore a tank top because I thought tank tops were cool and had Mm -hmm. uh, jeans that had a fire pattern on them because that was cool. (laughs) I was so cool. Uh, My main Pokemon was Scyther because Scyther has sword arms and that's cool. (laughs) Oh... So that, you know, I came up with that kid when I was way younger. Uh, the stuff I just shared in Discord, I probably drew when I was like 13 or 14. You know, I was I was not a great artist, but I but Pokemon really uh, made me want to get better. So I, I don't actively draw a lot anymore, but I did for a long time. And I still do here and there and drawing like my Pokemon OC and my friends OCs made me want to become better as an artist. And that is like such a big part of 
you know what something like pokemon i'm just dropping a couple like mm-hmm. drawings i did on early DeviantArt of my oc and my friends oc and our teams in pokemon platinum uh which was 2008 um it's it, there's just so much like prompting that pokemon gives you to 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 set off on things like okay maybe i should learn how to draw better like whether it's just drawing your guys or drawing all these different Pokemon that are a lot of different shapes. They're all weird, crazy animals. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot to that. And so the other part of that that I got into was fan fiction. Uh, Uh (laughs) But before fan fiction, even it was, it was role-playing. It was forum text-based RPs uh, as, as a young teen shout out to, uh, Blue Mew and Serebi.net's forums, and even before that, the Brotherhood of Makuta, which was a Bionicle forum I was on. Um, I, I basically like something I hadn't even thought about, and I wouldn't think about this as a form of fan fiction until years later, but um, something that I first encountered there was just text based role play where you know you make a post on this forum thread that is you kind of writing a chapter in this RP story that is, you know, your chapter is based around your character, whatever you write about your character. Mm-hmm. And then whoever happens to post in the forum next does it with theirs. You, you, you know how RPing works. Yeah. Y- y'all, y'all been on this here internet thing. <laughs> they got so many websites. Shit's crazy. <laughs> it's wild out here. But so that, that was how a lot of stuff started for me in terms of like making early internet friends. Like I had a whole circle of internet friends I couldn't even begin to tell you. I was probably like 12 or 13 making these friends on a couple forums who like we were all in three different RPs together that were mostly just all of us on this forum that had other people in it. But, you know, other people would see and be like, oh, that's one of uh, these people's ones. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and what eventually happened there, and this is also part of it, is like, like I said, like, 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 Role play is fan fiction. Role playing, RPing is a form of fan fiction. It's extremely collaborative, which mm-hmm. is also really cool. You're learning how to do collaborative storytelling. Whether you're learning whether you like it or not, motherfucker. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and, and and like it, it, it's this really great testing ground to like kind of become a right like that that's where i did a lot of my early creative writing was in like okay i'm taking kai this existing character who i who's just like a dude i drew and i'm plugging him in he has this team he knows this person he's part of this guy's story that this person came up with and like that kind of collaborative writing is something that i think has really stuck with me and is like genuinely why i love collaborating on things like podcasts and streams so much today Mm -hmm. is just because from very early on you you understand like how important and cool it is to do that kind of stuff making with other people and form friendships through doing it ah i you're activating so many like memory boxes in my skull (laughs) <laughs> and it's it's I, I'm having a hard time articulating it, but it's a uh, you you remember Gaia online. <laughs> I do. I didn't do that much on it, but I certainly was there for a oh, bit. Oh, my goodness. I was a sucker for uh, Supernatural High School uh, role play forums. I had oh, my, ma- my my cat person with a ridiculous amount of magical powers. Uh, oh. Yeah. And um, I'm also. And, you know, I, I like I said, like, I, I'm not super 
knowledge. I love Pokemon. I absolutely adore it. I just don't have like that a grand deal of knowledge behind it. Like I didn't play the games. I didn't really watch the show just because I couldn't sit still long enough to watch the damn show. But sure. I still loved it. I've got like 15 Pokemon plushies anyway because they're cute as hell. Right. But um, hell yeah. Uh, I this is a beautiful journey. I I totally lost whatever trajectory i was about to talk about but yes i understand i'm nodding my head it may not specifically okay. <laughs> be pokemon but i've i've been in that that set of years with you and learned a great deal sure. about collaborating and probably why i'm in a similar department as you <laughs> to be honest yeah honestly probably like so i i want to what ended up happening with that uh one of the I guess it must have been like the last RP I ran on Cerebi.net, which was the last forum I was really on. Um, by the way, all of these, like the Cerebi ones and my DeviantArt, you can find if you want to. They're still out there. It's not under Extreme Salsing. It's under an old screen name I used to have. But it exists. The last, <laughs> the last uh, forum RP I ever ran was uh, called Shattered Gemstones, and it was based on Pokemon Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald, which were the Game Boy Advance games. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why it was called Shattered Gemstones, is it was like an edgy <laughs> fucking nice. name for something based on that uh that setting let me find you an image i forgot to grab earlier just for like a point of reference um so roma hmm. <laughs> by this point i'm i want to say like fifth like i don't know 15 16 um 14 or 15 maybe <sighs> you ever watch lost no actually i have not <laughs> Okay, so do, do you know that the basic premise of Lost is some people crash land on an island and the island is weird. Uh, that is that is essentially the idea. Every image I find is a fucking web, a web file. Um, but so so Pokemon Emerald, uh, Pokemon, Pokemon Sapphire was the first Pokemon game I had. Uh, Pokemon Emerald came after it. Those are both set in the Hoenn region which I've just dropped a link to. And I, I want to come back to talking about regions if we have time, because like setting in Pokemon is another part of this whole thing. But absolutely, um, th this, this is the setting of the Pokemon games I, I first played. If you ever heard the too much water joke, that comes from this setting. Um, big, important place in Pokemon. I always like this region a lot. Ruby and Sapphire, uh, you have Groudon and Kyogre, which are legendary Pokemon that respectively control the earth and the sea. Um, and the, the regions kind of reflect that, that like it's it's almost kind of yin yang shaped where like the volcano and the uh, flooded dormant volcano in the sea are kind of like the dots in the yin and yang. I, I really like how it reflects that. And I've always, you know, it's my first Pokemon games. I'm biased, whatever. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I set this RP up where the plot uh, prompt was that a giant like earth and sea based cataclysm uh, shakes the mainland of Hoenn and makes it uninhabitable for five years. A bunch of people die. Everyone who ha who can escapes, and it's just it's just uninhabitable. And so the RP was about all of us, me and the I couldn't tell you how many people, maybe six or seven other people who joined it, were all trainers who were coming back to the mainland of Hoenn on this expedition to like find out what the fuck happened to it, and. Uh, they come back and it's weird. Like, like it's just sort of about like what's happened to it and why, and like discovering the mystery of what happened to, to Hoenn to cause it to basically be like shaken by like 
unlivable earthquakes for five years and then suddenly go dormant and be apparently fine. Um, that was the that was the synopsis. It was fun. It ran for a few months and then kind of died because as happens on a lot of these RPs, half the people who join them just stop responding. Um, it happens. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's extremely common. Uh, I've ghosted a few myself. Whoopsie woo. Um, oh, my God. That <laughs> well, my... I don't mean to throw you off your groove, but no, I've been looking for this for 15 minutes. <laughs> I assume the first one of these is uh, is is uh, Hearts Against Balance based because I see Morty is there. They're both. Inter- yeah, they're both okay. Hearts Against Balance. Um, that's season two, and we go to the Pokemon world, and uh, okay, we we end we end up actually acquiring Mewtwo into our uh, into our ranks, wow. which was a lot of fun. Wow! But uh, that's amazing. That's my I think my only major Pokemon <laughs> fan art I have ever done, <laughs> and it was in I my late my early t- to mid twenties. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Um. <laughs> I need to like roll myself back. So that ended after a few months. But what happened then? Uh, I, I, I do, do you? I, I don't know if you know about this. So I know Wheels at Moonshot, the longest out of anyone at Moonshot. And it's funny. I actually just talked about this on uh, the Moon Report episode I was on on the Moonshot Patreon. Mm-hmm. But uh, Wheels, who was the co-host of Got It Memorized and uh, one of the people on Interstitial. Um, everyone knows wheels we, we love wheels wheels mm-hmm. rules wheels and i know each other from when i was about 15 and i think they must have been like 17 uh and we met because we were both on it's super effective which is a pokemon podcast and website uh that i pitched a series of articles about pokemon 2 at 15 years old because i love mm-hmm. talking about the dang things that much <laughs> and i was like a pretty all right writer and uh, God bless you, Steve Black Jr., the, the lovely guy. Steve still runs. It's super effective. Great guy. Good show. Um, if anyone out there listens to um, Very Random Encounters, Logan and Greg from that have also both been co-hosts on that podcast for a while uh, or at different points. Um, I knew Wheels from there. Uh, they were a co-host on the podcast, and I started writing this series of articles for the website. This was back at a point. He doesn't do this now, as far as I know, but Steve wanted to have like some content going up on the website. So I did this series called Concept Corner, which was just kind of me talking about like interesting concepts in Pokemon stuff like here's here's what all the fossil Pokemon are based on stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Then that ended and I took the concept of shattered gemstones and some of the characters that people had made in the RP, um, mm-hmm, I'll mm-hmm. be real with you. I don't remember if I asked everyone for their permission to do that. I did change names, though, so it's fine. <laughs> I was 16 uh, yeah. and I created a serial. Po- Shattered Gemstones became a like biweekly to monthly serialized fan fiction that I published on Super Effective's website for like a year and a half. Oh, my um, gosh. And it was super ambitious it was it had like six main characters who would jump between every chapter um and you know all of it, some of whom were loosely based on characters from the forum but i really like you know they all became me writing characters after a little bit and mm-hmm. some of them weren't even based on anything um yeah. so it was that it was extremely inspired by lost cuz that show is just wrapping up and i was bananas over it mm-hmm. it was also very edgy you know like 
I didn't understand what trauma was at the time, but one of my <laughs> characters worked through trauma the best that I could write at 16 years old. Um, Proud of you. And it was really, thank you, fam. I did uh, give up. I did just stop writing it after a year and a half and it never ended. Um, but like, when I look back on that, I'm so happy I did that because like, that is so much of... I, I think it's really important if if you're a writer or an artist or, you know, like creating anything, it's really important to like have a healthy relationship with the things that you're inspired by to not shy away from being like, yes, I saw, you know, I, I don't know. I saw Studio Ghibli movies as a kid and now I am working in animation because I want to make animation like that. Uh, I played X video game as a kid that made me want to make video games like that, whatever. Um I think it's really healthy to have a healthy relationship with the things that inspired you. And I think like the ultimatum of Pokemon for me is that it, it helped me do that. Like I have a really healthy relationship with the stuff that inspires me because there's no shying away from the fact that when I was 16 to 17 years old, I wrote a lost inspired Pokemon fan fiction that meant the fucking world to me. Um, it was it was just really, really like I look back on that extremely fondly. And then the the part that happened later is that in college, I haven't done anything with this yet, but in college, I kind of went back to like the base, removing the Pokemon from it. I came back to like the basic concept of like, what if people get driven out of their home by a mystery they don't understand and then everything seems fine and they have to go back and figure out what happened to it. Mm -hmm. That's that's a cool pitch for a story of some kind. Yeah. Um, and I was still drawing more at this time, and I started coming up with uh, what at the time I wanted to be a comic. Now I, I might do something else with it years and years later. But I, I started coming up with an original story based around that idea and importing some of the, you know, characters I had written in this Pokemon fan fiction, but like taking some of the aspects of them as people that I that had like stuck with me over the years and that I felt were important. Um, carrying those things over, but, you know, like, like realizing them into characters who fit in this original world. And so I have this story called Black Basin that I haven't, it's not a written published thing anyone can find. I started drawing it as a comic in college, but I didn't stick with it, but it's something I still want to do something with. And it's something with like characters that now have lives of their own, just in my head, in my head and in my heart. And like, those are characters and a world that I'm going to do something with someday that all goes back to me writing stories with people I met on the internet about a random dude with a quillava that I drew when I was like 10. Oh man. <sighs> yeah. Sorry. I, I feel like no. I go on for like 20 minutes no. at a time, but like you're good. <laughs> you, this is, this is the whole, uh, this is the premise of the show. You're supposed to I know, do that. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Hey, you know what? You're so right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I will to to resp I guess respond like um, again, it's not necessarily with me with Pokemon. However, like uh, I'm having a lot of these memories punch me in the face as this episode is progressing. I don't know how long we've been recording for. I should probably check at some point. However, um, <laughs> you know I'm like. I wouldn't have got into tabletop RPGs and role playing if I hadn't had the confidence I got from when I was 14 and had nothing else to worry about. My parents weren't checking my computer. Yeah, I'm going to go role play on Gaia online and tiny me and like 
learn these uh, <laughs> different storytelling methods. Uh, and like you said, you were super into Lost. I was like, I love it when I can read something and be like, ah, I know where you got that from. I also like mm-hmm. Bleach, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Exactly. That's that's great. Um, ah, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't have anything of like no, of, you're good. material to, to add back. I'm just I'm marinating in uh, nostalgia, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. Hell yeah. No. And listen, the thing is, I can keep going. <laughs> if you um, absolutely. Yeah. Like, like I, I, you know, like I, I don't want to make us go over the uh, the time thing, but like, um, yeah. So so what what else? I, I, I that stuff's all really cool. And, you know, like I've I've from my DeviantArt days, I have followed like artists who I followed back in the day because they were drawing Pokemon fan art I liked or comics I liked who now like have careers doing their own web comics or working in animation and stuff like that. And that's just fucking cool to see, you know, to see that go there, see that take you there. Um, people fucking other, uh, you know, musicians who like started out remixing Pokemon tracks <laughs> and now do original music. There is a, uh, a gaming jazz guy named Insane in the Rain Music, who I like a lot, uh, who like down. one of his early what one of his early big things he did or like one of the things a few of the things he's done is like Pokemon cover albums. He did a short uh, Ruby and Sapphire one. He did a really good Sun and Moon one. And then uh, last year he did a complete soundtrack cover album of the entire soundtrack of Pokemon Platinum. And like he's a really talented guy. Like it's his career. You know, he's a really talented musician. He also covers a lot of other game music. He writes original stuff. I love him. I I don't know his real name off the top of my head, (laughs) but I love, I love his stuff. Um, and it's just, it's just really cool to like, I guess that's what it is, is Pokemon is just one of those things. And this is any game, any whatever, but like, I, I just saw it happen with Pokemon where, where it can, it can really lead you to so many things. The other thing is like, uh, Kai still lives in my head, you know, like, Kai, so th- th- there's, there's Kai who's that main OC in some RP along the way. I gave him a sister named Sarah. Cause I think I just, I'll admit it to you. I think I just needed a girl name and Sarah is a girl. name. I was like, you know, I was, I was like 12. Uh, yeah, I, I put art in the chat of, uh, like a little bit more recent. I drew that in like 2016 of just like, Here's Kai and Sarah a little older. Um, I have other OCs I came up with over the year. You know, once I started, I couldn't stop. Oh, of course. Not. I like had uh, at some point. This is I have no idea where this is, but somewhere but, like right around my early forum days, somewhere probably in my parents house, there is a big binder of like a million drawings I did of me and like my friend group at the time, all as Pokemon trainers. And they all became original characters outside them being my friends. Uh, mm-hmm. And like, I came up with adventures they had together. Oh. I have this really distinct memory of being in children's theater at 13 and waiting for my, uh, my turn in the rehearsal, the dress rehearsal of footloose <laughs> and sitting in the boys green room downstairs from the theater and just having that binder on me and drawing like, Here's this edgy guy whose name I think <laughs> I think I had a character whose name was Shine Sansomnius because I thought alliteration was cool. I didn't know what it was yet, oh but I gosh. thought it was cool. And he like drove a motorcycle. Yes. And all his Pokemon were ghosts because they're dead and it's edgy. It's so Come edgy. on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's so 
fucking funny. Um, but like, you know, like some of like these iterations of these characters still like live in my head. Like honestly, in the last couple of years, I've started thinking a lot more like what what's Kai up to now? You know, like and, and part of that is like Pokemon games keep coming out. I keep playing them, got mm-hmm. opinions on them, but I keep playing them. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I'm like, you know, yeah, would would Kai still be a Pokemon trainer all this time later? Would Sarah be with these other uh, people I've come up with? What would they all be doing? And I've kind of like I've never written it down. I've never done anything with it, but I've kind of just like in my head and written some ideas down in a notebook, like come up with a this is me writing it as an adult version of these characters stories. Mm-hmm. And like there's something really fun and nice about just knowing that these characters that I came up with when I was, you know, six or whatever, mm-hmm. I can always come back to and kind of iterate on however I want to. And like, it does feel like checking in on them and checking in on what their lives are like in a weird way. Oh, I'm kind of geeking out from like a, the, the experience that you have within your own mind of like, especially when you've got this long uh relationship with the story or characters like for what's the best example i can give uh like with one piece this is a good example i've been binging this show since november but this show's been going on for like 20 years um sure yeah and so to to put that to where it's just it's just me i know about these maybe a handful of other people know about these characters but like you've got this connection with them and that you can manipulate you know, however you want with whether it's with reason or just because you think it's fun. And I think that's yeah. absolutely incredible. Like I'm getting just like this wonderful, like giddiness of like, oh my gosh, like there's so much rich history with these two characters and all just because when you were four, you watched, uh, you, you your cousins were playing a video game. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, like, and then, and then, yeah, they like talking about literally the reason I am on podcast now is because of how badly I wanted to talk about Pokemon as a teenager. Like that is that is it. That's the core of it. You know, like it, it's just really fascinating to me. And that's the thing with the OCs. There's all these ways in which like the the same versions of that same fan fictiony stuff that I was doing as a kid. And I feel like this is kind of an important note to maybe end on it just to, just to emphasize, like it does still follow you as an adult. Like, you know, I'm not embarrassed to say that I still think about those OCs from when I was a kid. I love that. They're like on my journey through life with me. Like mm-hmm. that's really beautiful, you know? And like, Another thing I love is we don't have, like getting all the way into this is a lot, but all the Pokemon regions are based on real places, mm-hmm. uh, like like real parts of the world. Right. And like so, you know, the first four are based on parts of Japan. One's based on like New York. One's based on France. One's based on Hawaii. One's based on the UK. Mm-hmm. The new ones we think are ba- Scarlet and Violet. We think are based in Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so like that's exciting, too, because like. You and I were talking before the show about about the, the, the areas we live in. Yeah, I, I I think a lot like I've thought about since I was, you know, like coming up with your own Pokemon region is a very fun thing to do, especially once you played a few of the games. You know what a map looks like, you know mm-hmm. what, like kind of what would be where to go back to the bit we were doing at the start of the show. Like yeah. you can kind of look at it and go like, here's where a really strong gym leader would train. Here's like the big city that maybe doesn't have a gym in it, but has a lot of stuff. Here's like the weird little outlying towns. Here's the, here's where like a cave would be. Here's where like a dark fucked up forest would be. Here's where the legendary Pokemon would show up late in the game. 
Oh my! And gosh. from there, you can go into like, like you know, what what would this vi- what would this theoretical Pokemon game I'm coming up with be about thematically, based on like where I live? Um, I grew up in a very like tourist economy ish place, and so that yeah, would same. factor into it for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, like, who would the gym leaders be? What would their types be? I literally have uh, an entire fake Pokemon region based on the Adirondacks uh, in my Ooh. head that I wanted to at one point run with friends of mine from up here uh, mm-hmm. in like a tabletop game. The problem being that Pokemon tabletop games, there's a bunch of them and most of them are bad. Most of the systems uh, assume you want to do the math of seven character sheets. Uh, no one has ever wanted to do that. Pokemon Tabletop Adventures and Pokemon Tabletop United. I'm sorry. (laughs) Clearly a lot of work was put into you, and I think that's noble, but nobody will ever want to do that. Um, Sheesh. But maybe that's a little too, a little too, no, a little too harsh. You're valid. Um, I, I, I want to play so many characters, but I can only play one at a time. Yeah, yeah. But like, I, I guess that's, that's just what it is, is like, no matter how old you are, Pokemon is one of those things that I find just keeps giving you more to think about and more to for every for every one thing that the Pokemon company comes up with, it gives fans of Pokemon 10 other things to come up with or hundreds of other things to come up with. Absolutely. You know, and I, I just think that's I just think that's really special. And I'd. I'm really happy that it's the thing that's followed me through my life creatively like that. I'm I'm absolutely fucking ecstatic for you like this is a really beautiful like i know it's only been 30 to 45 minutes and i love this blissful emotion i get by the end where the hyperfixation is just so freaking infectious and i'm just like glowing i'm like this i thank you for existing (laughs) thank you for sharing (laughs) this with me Oh, th- thank you for existing and having me on to do it. This is this has been very fun to just sit and spout out this stuff for a while. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do have a question for you, if I may. Yeah. Uh, so you, you talk about a lot about, uh, especially in the beginning of the show and now about turning your local environment, your hometown or whatever environment into, uh, you know, the, the Taco Bell's Pokemon gym or a Pokemart. Uh, so when Pokemon Go came out, how did that change mm. things for you? Did that change anything for you? Or were you like, hmm, this gym should not be here? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> not not really. Like, like the boring answer is, well, Pokemon goes its own thing. Um, it'll be very funny if I was like, no, there can't be a gym at the library and at Starbucks. That's too many. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think it probably did, like... I, I, I want to say that when Pokemon Go came out, that was at a time where I was kind of playing the main games a little less. And so if anything, it like filled a gap for me when I did get I didn't even play Pokemon Go much when it first came out. It was kind of a little bit later that I really got into it. Um, but I, I think I think though the Pokemon Go is kind of magical in that way, too, where like, <clears throat> you know, you, you you can sort of come to see your own hometown in a different way. Like, oh, I have to. I'm going to go take a walk to the grocery store. I have to take this route so I can stop at the the gym at the, the Veteran Association building or whatever mm-hmm. and uh, see if it's if it's a, a blue gym or a red gym or a yellow gym right now. And I, I think there is something to like the thought experiment of populating your own home area with Pokemon that it definitely like it definitely lends itself to that. You know, it is very fun to be like, 
oh, okay, I know that there's a lot of, whenever I go to the, the coffee shop I go to, if I don't want to make my own coffee in the morning on a Saturday morning, I will open up my Pokemon app when I turn onto this street because I know that's where there start being a lot of Pokestops. Um, mm-hmm. it, also, it also is a great way to think about, like, I don't have an OC or anything for my trainer in Pokemon Go, but, like, I do know what my best Pokemon and Pokemon Go are. And I do kind of think about like what my Pokemon trainer team is, you know, from those Pokemon I use the most when I'm like doing raids or it's a go fast or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it does add something to it. And I, I think I'm not part of this side of things, obviously, but I think it even is a door to that world for people who didn't play Pokemon previously much or who maybe like watch the show as a kid and then kind of fell off. Like I, I know so many people who are <coughs> normies. Uh, no, who who you know who you know didn't didn't like stick with it their entire lives religiously like I did. Who maybe played a game as a kid, maybe watched the show as a kid, nothing for twenty years, and then Pokemon Go came out and was a big deal, and they immediately downloaded it. Like mm-hmm. I know people for whom that was oh Pokemon is back. Like oh the, remember Pokemon it's back, which you know like. Anyone who like plays the video games or just follows video games knows that they never went away. It's but, always been. <laughs> but for some people, it did go away. And that's just another like much like the anime and, you know, the manga and whatever else, all these other methods. It's just another way for it to connect with people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And also for a giant corporation to get their their for their product into your hands and brain. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not going to talk about that side of it. No, I. <laughs> I, I will say I, I would love to see this end up in some sort of like fan fiction or in somebody's little world building. But I, I worked in restaurants for a great deal of my from 16 to 22. I was in the back of the mm-hmm. house. And when Pokemon Go came out, I was working for a, uh, a fondue restaurant chain. And I was the at the time, the only girl in the back of the house and then surrounding me were a bunch of nerds. So, you know, they're always talking about Dragon Ball, Naruto, whatever. Pokemon Go comes out the gas station on the corner, like not even a half a block away, ended up becoming a gym. So it was wild. Half the kitchen was split like I want to say 49 percent and 49 percent yellow and blue. I forgot. I know it's mystic and something else. Um, the, yeah. And then 2% of the kitchen was red. <laughs> and if oh, it was nothing that we mm. could agree on, the only thing we'd agreed on was not red, anything but that, but every, <laughs> anything but red. And that's, so, that's interesting. Uh, but the biggest thing was, you know, restaurants, a lot of people were smokers or vapors, or they would find any reason if they noticed that the gym was not their color, people would just start trickling outside to go take smoke breaks real quick and come back and then just yeah, have this, you know, yeah. they're chest proud and, you know. Yeah, it's what you it's do. It's a big cycle. I, uh, my, my last apartment, I lived across the street from a, it was a 9-11 memorial that was a Pokemon gym. Oh. And so, of course, I was always walking over. It wasn't quite in range from inside my apartment, but if I just took a walk across the street, I let me tell you, that is the one gym I am like max leveled on Mm -hmm. because I just went over there so much over the course of like a year. Oh, oh, now that's reminding me of another gym. This is my last story about Pokemon Go. Me and my ex. Okay. We would draw. Oh, there was a gym on the corner uh, just before our house. So no matter where we went, we had to pass by it to get home. And uh, I can't say how many times uh, I've seen him parked 
on the grass illegally on this this church slash elementary school uh defeating the gym and i would just pull up behind him after he left and take it back because we were both different teams (laughs) (laughs) but uh incredible yeah incredible listen it 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 makes friendships it breaks friendships it it, it makes and breaks bonds of all types Mm -hmm. that's so funny and then now here i am getting back into it slowly but surely i i don't know a whole lot but the i do have the pokemon shining pearl and uh Uh i forgot what the last one that just came out was called uh, Legends Arceus yes, would be the, the I, one that came out this and year. And I got yeah. Arceus as well. And, uh, so I Arceus was, rules. I, what, it a, does. what a good fucking game. God, da- <laughs> God damn it. Why wasn't I just talking about one specific Pokemon game this whole time? <laughs> Arceus is really good. I need to finish it, but oof. Good stuff. Hell yeah. Good stuff. Hell yeah. Good stuff. But yeah, I, I don't know. That's 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 Pokemon and me. <laughs> that's That's what I got. You know? You've kept me captive this whole time so hard that I forgot to write notes this whole time. Um, for for the uh, the end of the episode, if you're familiar with, is where I come up with the uh, the title of the episode. And now I'm gonna have to come up with some off the top of my head. So, <laughs> okay, okay. Um, um, let's see. Or you know what? This could be a team effort. Let's see. I mean, I'm just thinking about the the gym in between the Taco Bell and the McDonald's. That's where my head immediately goes back to. McJim and uh, Pokey Taco Mart? No, I don't know. Uh, hmm. Pokemon Pokemon McRed and... No, there's nothing there. I was trying to think of like like puns for Pokemon version names. Okay, hold on. Can, Can I propose a different thought experiment? Absolutely. Roma, you're a Pokemon gym leader. Oh, goodness. Uh... What is your Pokemon type of choice and what is your signature Pokemon? I will help you with this. Okay. All right. So do you know all the types? I can get you a type list. I, um, so you're probably familiar with the TikTok trend where people would dress up as, uh, gym leaders and they would do the little dances with the, uh, with the music in the background. I don't go on TikTok because every time I do, I feel like I am going to be put on some kind of government watch list. But I believe that's it. fair. But that was a big trend. Uh, I want to say this time last year. And so I I, I think I th- I did do a good deal of thinking about it. Um, there is a mixture of either psychic, ghost, fairy or uh, darker fire type. And there's a lot of it's mostly because I'm a goth kid who does fire performing. <laughs> you, you and I have the same list of favorites. Oh, my types. gosh. My, mine's changed a little bit over the years. I like steal a lot now, too. Mm-hmm. But I, that, that, that was like for a long time, my exact list of favorite types. Mm-hmm. But my first the supernatural ones. Oh, yeah. But my first favorite Pokemon when uh, mm-hmm. my I did, in fact, have uh, I think it was Pokemon Stadium for the Nintendo 64. And it was my first Pokemon game. And I had discovered that Ninetales existed. And I've been in love Ooh. ever since. I it's one, yep, ride, it's or a die, great Pokemon. ride or die for Ninetales. So probably <laughs> I'd probably be like a Rome, I gotta have you on I gotta have you on champs more often because you and I have really similar taste. Okay, <laughs> you know, you just let me know, especially if Dunsparce is involved. <laughs> 
I know you have aggressive <laughs> feelings about Dunsparce. You and you alone no. have strong feelings one way or another I about have, Dunsparce. I have a posse to back me up. I am not alone. Okay. <laughs> so, so may, may I may I suggest for your for your subtitle for the episode, uh, gym leader Romo would like to battle, and then draw yourself as a gym leader with that uh with that nine tails. I love that. And so, if with um, your permission, could I pose it just like they do in the games, but it's you as like the player, like or your OC? Absolutely. I, I'd say do it as me. I'm I'm me. I'm the one you're interviewing. You're not interviewing Kai Red Sash. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Okay, so you, I'll, I'm gonna get. I mean, actually, either you know what? No, I, I know that's up to you. I shouldn't. I shouldn't be telling you what to do there. No, draw. Use Kai if you want to use Kai. The world is yours. What if oyster. it's you in one of Kai's outfits? <laughs> that that works. That works with the red headband. Yes. And what the red headband was the signature. Mm-hmm. Red headband. And then what what Pokemon would you have on the field? My favorite Pokemon is Miss Magius. For no reason. Do you know what Miss Magius looks like? I'm grabbing it. Yeah. Show me. Show me. Show me. I feel like right. I think I know. So, is, do they have a hat? It, it hey you know what Roma it sure does have a hat it's got a big hat you know hats you know Roma you know hats I love hats what if hats was big what if hat big what half hat be- oh fuck I broke my mouth what if what if hat what big hat such bit? as this one right here it's my favorite Pokemon it was introduced in Diamond and Pearl it's literally just my favorite Pokemon because I just I just think it's a fun witch I just it's a ghost that's a witch and that is as far as my brain goes I just look at it and I like absolutely. it absolutely I am one I'm in the boat with you this you and I are in a canoe together about Miss Magius and we're <laughs> we agree <laughs> we're shaking hands the, the, hell, the, the canoe is going down some sort of Halloween tunnel mm-hmm. like absolutely it's all foggy and stuff uh yeah but I think that's it Gym leader Roma would All like right. to battle. And then the team. Gym leader Roma would like to battle. Roma, it would be a pleasure to go and fight you at your gym. Oh. I, I would I would happily engage in, in Pokemania combat against you. Absolutely. And you would most definitely win and get that badge. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, Alright. I feel is this is a good point to wrap up. I feel. It feels right. Seems like it. Seems like we're there. So, Seems like it. I've said. I've said all the shit I got. You've say. said all of the things. I'm gonna make you say a few more things. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, well, you can find me on DeviantArt <laughs> if you follow the clue. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you can find me much easier than that. You can find me on Twitter at Extreme Salting. That's where I am pretty much everywhere. You know, if you're a if you're a letterboxed fella, I'm on there. Um. Uh, you can also find me on some podcasts right now at Moonshot. The main thing I'm working on is something that hasn't started releasing just yet, but by fucking God, Roma, we're getting closer. So close. Uh, by the time this episode, by the time this episode releases, Roma, you and I probably will have recorded your stuff for the project, which, hey, listener, Roma's in it. I'm in it. Uh, you mentioned... You mentioned that Max was on an episode. Max is in it. <gasps> a lot of people we know are in it, and a lot of people we don't know who are also great are in it. But yeah, I'm on there. Uh, I do a lot of stuff with Moonshot, though. If you are enjoying stuff at the Moonshot Podcast Network, a lot of stuff I have some kind of hand in. Um, If you're on the Moonshot Patreon, if you're not on it, get on it. Because if you're on it, you will get things like Champs in the Making, which, like you mentioned, I recently hosted the last couple episodes of with Roma and with... uh, 
Claudia and Jacqueline from different newer podcasts. All, all three of y'all are from newer shows mm-hmm. on the network, and it was really cool. It was awesome to have three guests on who are all new faces to the network. It was a pleasure to have oh, you. Oh, thank you for having um, me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> It was great. Uh, Once Missed Wonders, which is a show where we watch movies we haven't watched that are like classic films. Uh, I was on the first Moon Report, which is a show Riley is doing where they are one by one interviewing all the hosts on the network about like their history with podcasting. So some of the it's super effective stuff I talked about on this, you'll hear about there, too. Mm-hmm. Um you can find me in all those places. Uh, if you listen to Interstitial Season 3, you all know I'm on there. But uh, yeah, that's I, I am in all of those places and... I am a perpetual guest on various podcasts, so you never know. Also, I just realized that the uh, type chart I sent you has a whole line of types that are not real. Like plastic? In, in the Pokemon <laughs> channel. The, yeah, food, slug, plastic, wind, crystal, and light. None of those are real. I have no idea where I got that They're from. real in my heart now, so I love it. But yeah, those are, those are my plugs. Oh, thank you. Well, so from it's my turn now. Um, Roma, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me. Oh, no, not that voice. You can find me on the internet. I, <laughs> I appreciate your butt. That's I-A-P-P-R-E-C-I, the number eight, U-R-B-U-T-T on the Twitter.com, where I will not shut the fuck up. I have a hyperfixation podcast. I hyperfixate about a lot of things all the time. But if you want something that's a little more specific to the show, you can go to Twitter.com forward slash the hyperfix pod, where we tweet when episodes come out stuff that relates to the content of the episodes we've done and if we do any streams. So uh, that is also an option. Uh, if you want to stream with me, Jay, and at a Pokemon game, if you want to try to coach me through something, you're welcome to it. It is oh. an option on the table. Can I, can, I, <laughs> can I coach you through your first Pokemon game? Can I coach you through a Nuzlocke? That sounds like a bad time for your first Pokemon what? game, but let's do it anyway. I have done a three-way soul link once and it was a nightmare it was black and white okay i was i think we were doing uh pokemon white i want to say and we did not get very far at all <laughs> so a three-way soul link is one of the most nightmarish ways you could ever play a pokemon game i'm mm-hmm. going to tell you that right here and now <laughs> but if i for my first solo nuzlocke i would be absolutely honored <laughs> Let's let's talk off mic because I immediately have five different ideas. (laughs) I'm so excited. Um, So sick. Back on topic. Uh, So that's that podcast. Um, And then you could find this podcast and many other podcasts as previously expressed on the the Moonshot Network at Moonshot or is it? Yeah. At Moonshot Pods. At Moonshot Pods. On the Twitter.com where also they do streams uh, like that one last stream that they did with Riley and the bucket and the uh, and Andrew. That was wild. I watched the VOD of that. That was absolutely wild. But you can see that on twitch.tv forward slash the moonshot network. Is it the moonshot network? I'm trying to do this off the top of my head. Why am I trying to do it off the top of my head? <laughs> it is. The, you'll mo- find the moonshot it. podcast network. Yep, you'll find it. Y'all hear about the moon? Y'all know about that thing? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, thank you to Offuscate. That's at O-F-U-S-K-A-T-E for my intro and outro music. Uh, they are on Twitter with the same handle as well as SoundCloud. 
So go check out their stuff. They do a lot of amazing, just like ADHD brain tickle music that I absolutely love. I literally messaged them. I was like, hey, I need something for my podcast about hyperfixations. And they said bet and sent me five things that were absolutely wonderful. And I picked the first one. So heck yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. I think I think that's all of the things that I needed to say. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Don't die. Get in the freaking Discord so we can talk about cool things. And Badoop. Badoop. Get in the Discord and tell us about your Pokemon OCs. <laughs> now! But final final point of order. <laughs> of all time this is champs in the making a pokemon bracket podcast where we take every one of these creatures in the pokemon video game franchise put them in a bracket together and find out which one the best one is starmie gives me like organic free range gluten-free like fidget spinner energy swallow can swallow a tire hole in one gulp ladybug looks like it is ready to give you so many high fives with each of its little mitten hands <laughs> i don't like weird ears face it's got a big testicle for a nose, for sure. <laughs> I think Nido King's favorite beer is PBR. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Champs in the Making, a Moonshot Network podcast about Pokemon. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts or first at patreon.com slash moonshotnetwork.